Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the Seatown Podcast is brought to you by Seatown Real Estate. Their mission to make a difference extends beyond just their unique and unconventional approach with their clients and their agents. They partner with the community to give back a percentage of the proceeds from each home sale to a local nonprofit of their client's choice. Visit seatown.com, S-E-A-town.com, and experience the difference with Seatown Real Estate today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Seatown Podcast. Today I'm joined by Laura Swift, um, who is famously known for running Hotwire Coffee back in the day and is now the executive director of the Junction Association. Uh, it's also her most, uh, most recent title, you might say, is the 2008 winner of the West Sider of the uh, Year Award, uh, put on by the, the West Seattle Chamber, so that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today, Laura. I appreciate your time. Oh, well, I'm excited to uh, be here. It's a wonderful day to have a podcast. Indeed. I know. So tell us a little bit about where you're at and things right now. So you're the executive director of the Junction Association, which does tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's, yes. uh, can you give us an overview of, of that since you've kind of taken over that, that role, what, a couple of years ago? Uh, yes, I took it over in August of 2016. and. Um, I have just really enjoyed being the director of the Junction. Um, a little bit of history is when I started Hotwire in 2002, the Junction Association director um, at that time was three directors ago, Kay Necton. She was in the Junction and someone had told me to go and talk to her about possibly finding a location in the junction itself because I knew there was no other place I wanted to be. So I popped into her office and talked to her back in, oh my goodness, early 2001. And she told me about this adorable little spot right in the junction next to the post office. And so I just like popped right on over there and there's a little sign on the door. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, we're looking for someone to um, build a coffee shop. And I thought, wait, I um, I want to build a coffee shop too. And I already had the business plan. So she was actually instrumental in helping me find my landlord okay. who I had there for 13 years before I, I sold the coffee shop. Sure. So there's a long history there. Sure. It's, I don't think I realize you owned the coffee shop that long. I mean, it's uh, obviously iconic, you know, right next to the post office there. Mm-hmm. It is. Known for the, uh, the outdoor movie nights, which uh, the junction is still is still doing. Is that correct? That is um, 100% correct. So I took it over in the movies. I took over in year one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ran it as a volunteer for the junction. I was also on the board of directors for the Junction Association okay. the entire time I owned um, Hotwire. Okay. So I have kind of like a long history I sure. know, with the junction. So anyway, so I took it over as a volunteer and I ran the West Seattle Outdoor Movies for 12 years as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And um, then as the director of the junction, um, I still run the movies. I don't know the heck. <laughs> so now I run the movies as the director of the junction itself. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So. Um, and now, it, am I correct to say that you, that you also started or co-founded the uh, the West Seattle um, Art Walk? That is correct. Okay. And now that's kind of taken over by the Junction Association as well? Yes. Okay. It's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> how funny this is, isn't it? So, yeah. So I, um, I got involved in the Art Walk about a year and a half into its infancy and when I took it over it was myself and a, a motley ragtag of artists and the pastor of West Yale Christian Church, okay. Dan Jacobs, yep. and uh, John Schmirsch from Click Design That Fits and we all kind of like banded together around it and we started the art walk and when we, f- when we first started it, it was um, it was just us going around to businesses asking if they would give us $25 mm-hmm. for a quarter. And I would go back into the most powerful publishing software ever known to man, 
and woman, which is Microsoft Publisher. Mm, yes. Mm, yes, so <laughs> powerful. And I would create this little map in my office, and then Dan from Boise Hill Christian would then take it to the little photocopier and photocopy it off on mm. colored paper. Okay. And then John from Click would then walk around and give little maps to everybody who was participating. So that's how we started the Art Walk. Okay, and it's come a long way since then. A little way. We have color. <laughs> yep. And uh, InDesign yep. now. So and that's... sign-up page for the businesses. I know. We have, yeah, we have a little page. Yeah. We have a website now. It's yep. very exciting. So that is coming... Like that project has ebbed and flowed over um, over the years. When I took it back over as the director, we were down to about nine businesses. So I kind of like gathered all of the old school people together and we kind of re-engineered the, the art walk where now we're up to, I think, we're up to about 38 now, which okay, is good. Nice. But what we did is I folded in um, restaurants and bars as well. Sure. So you can go get a happy hour glass of wine or little bite to eat and then go out and you know check out check sure. out the art walk so sure. that's smart to include businesses that already have food and wine can, oh yeah you know. i mean who doesn't want extended happy hour wine yeah, hello for sure right yep uh, now for our listeners who who may not know uh, yes. i mean you and i are pretty involved in the the west Yale chamber and we are um, yes and whatnot so um i'm fortunate enough to to kind of know what the junction association does but for those who who may not know maybe you could tell uh, some of our, our community what, what the junction is all sure. about. Um, I were actually formed in the, um, the 50s. Hmm. And um, the reason we were formed was actually to help a group of um, people pay for the junction parking lots. So okay. people know the free um, parking mm -hmm. in the junction parking lots. And so we were formed actually to help pay for those. Okay. And from that point forward, we just kind of, like it was an evolution. Um, we eventually formed a BIA, which is a business improvement area. We're one of a number of BIAs in Seattle, and we are um, sanctioned, I guess, so to speak, by the city of Seattle. And what we do is we, um, we collect um, a little bit of money from each of the junction merchants, and it goes into a nice little fund for us. And from there, we pay for the parking lots. Okay. And then we also um, fundraise. We fundraise about 50% of our budget. So 50% okay. of it pays for the parking lots, and then the other 50%, we fundraise um, um, grants, um, sponsorships. Uh -huh. So when I come to you, I'm like, Christian, you need to sponsor this, man. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm being, all in. being serious here. You yep. need to. Um, so what we do is then we take all of those funds, we put them together, we pay for the lots, but we also pay for a lot of the events that West Seattle has really grown to love. Um, the biggest one is Summerfest, it's coming up in July. Yep. I'll take a sip of water because I just get kerflum thinking about it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, is um, Summerfest coming up in July? Mm -hmm. Which we're very excited about. We'll close the streets, see what happens. Yeah. Um, so we have free music for that, mm -hmm. and we have all of those lovely vendors, and we have um, Green Life. Um, this year, we have some new gaming tents. Really? Yeah. Oh. So it's going to be kind of exciting. Okay. Um, we're going to do things like um, we already have a giant Jenga. So I inherited a lot of things, and my muse so to speak, was his giant Jenga game. And I thought, man, giant Jenga, that's awesome. What else can I make giant? So um, I bought some cornhole things uh -huh. um, that came from like the East Coast. They're not actually giant. But then this year, I'm going full on giant. So this year we're gonna have uh, giant checkers okay, that people can play in yeah. the streets. Very exciting. Um, we're gonna have giant beer pong how's that work i'm not sure yet it's gonna be giant <laughs> okay. it's gonna well, be so giant so super giant giant as well it's gonna be giant yeah giant beer pong okay. um but my favorite thing we're going to giant this year mm -hmm. is a giant um battleship tournament okay so imagine you can do like battleship right mm -hmm. but it's like three feet tall so it's going to be kind of exciting. 
That's quite interesting. These are going to be interspersed in the uh, the tents and stuff, or yeah. off the side, or yeah, in the gaming okay. tents, yeah. Gaming tents, okay. And then we're going to have giant Connect Four, oh, okay. some other giant things. Huh. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I mean, not that it wasn't fun before, but, but it's going to be giant fun. It's going to be giant fun. It's going to be giant fun now. It's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of going back a little bit. I mean, yeah. obviously, you've been involved with the Junction Association for quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, but what would motivate you to give up your your baby, your business, Hotwire Coffee, and sell that, and then kind of get into the role uh, officially full time as exec executive director of the Junction Association? Um, that is a good question. That one is um, people ask me that all the time, so I will tell you the answer to that. So with Hotwire, I, you and I, I think have very similar values as business owners. Like I know, I'm going to interview you for just a second here. I know that you work with certain nonprofits and you give back a little bit of your commission. So currently, it's Westside Baby. Mm -hmm. Do you have other nonprofits that are coming up? If, you can't tell me yet. Uh, officially, you know, that's, we we partner quarterly. Mm. But uh, if anyone comes to us and says, "Hey, I heard about you through this nonprofit," yep. we'll donate 25 percent. So that. it doesn't have to be an official sanctioned nonprofit. Okay. Se, so. so you so you base your your business on community involvement. Yes, we, we we are doing real estate for something bigger than just. I mean, helping people buy and sell houses is great, but doing it for bigger purpose is even better. Right. And so, what you and I are, um, what you and I both love, I think, is that sense of community building. Mm -hmm. And so, with Hotwire, that's how I built. Hotwire Coffee. I built it from community. That's sure. why I took over the movies. Okay. Um, that's why I um, jumped in and you know reinvigorated um, Art Walk the first time around, and now as the executive director the second time. Um, I partner with a lot of nonprofits. We do. We did food drives, and mm -hmm. we did community drives, and clothing drives, and we had giving trees at Christmas. Yeah. We gave away portions of our profit to um, nonprofits as well, nice. and um, you know, in addition to that, I also had a lot of customers that used the coffee shop as a source of their own community as well. Mm -hmm. We have people like get married through the coffee shop, yeah. and I've seen children from you know from baby to walking across the threshold yeah. to looking over the counter to you know being taller than me yeah so for me hotwire yeah. represented like this this community gathering place um, for our neighbors and for West Seattle but also a way for me to really work with nonprofits and appreciate the work that they're doing so what I found was the what I wanted to achieve in, you know, like my life, as I kind of went through, you know, my own journey, I found that I could do something different if I kind of like changed what I was doing at that particular time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also I'd owned the coffee shop for a long time. Um, I'm no spring chicken, Christian, I can tell you that. I'm no what? spring chicken. No. I know. And you know, eventually it begins to um, it be, it just begins to to just wear down sure. um, that physicality of of working all the all the time, and mm -hmm. so it was just this amazing sequence of events. Um, some customers of mine who I saw their children, Sam. Mm -hmm. I saw Sam and their other child, August, grow up through the coffee shop. They own. A bakery, a beautiful, gorgeous bakery, a mm -hmm. um, couple of bakeries actually, and the owners are, the couple is just super smart, just great, great business owners, they have great community spirit, mm -hmm. and so one day I was chit-chatting with them, and I said, you know, I'm thinking about um, selling the coffee shop, I want to go back to school for, um, for nonprofit management, mm -hmm. and it was literally Jeff um, the husband, he said to me, we were outside by the dumpster, very classic, yeah. very classic, yeah. outside the dumpster, like um, back of Hotwire, right? Yeah. And he's like, Laura, he goes, we will buy Hotwire. I'm like, what? He goes, yes. He goes, we would be honored 
to buy the coffee shop and take over this work that you've been doing. And I was, and I was like, all right. So we, you know, kind of worked on that little piece and then um, a space opened up. I was accepted back into the University of, um, I was accepted into the University of Washington into their nonprofit management program. And so as that was starting in my first quarter, our current executive director, who has a background in um, in forestry, nonprofit management and forestry, um, she received a um, job from a place that really aligned with what she was doing. And so the board of directors, they came to me and they're like, so do you wanna take over the junction? People know you, you're in school for this. We understand what your values are. We feel that you do a really good job. We've known you for all these years. And so I was like, sure, that sounds great. And yeah. so that's how it worked. I okay. sold the coffee shop. Um, I finished school working for the Junction part-time. Mm -hmm. And then once I graduated from um, school, I stepped into the director's role in late 2016. and. Here we are in 18, yep. and there you have it. There you go. That's, That's the story. Pretty uh, pretty crazy sequence of events. There. I know, but yeah. it just worked. That's like, awesome. you know, when you decided to start C-Town, right? Yep. It just, like, somehow it worked. Sure, things just fell into place. It just right. falls into place, and if you force it, I think you really have to understand what you could possibly be missing. Maybe this isn't the... The right time sure. or you have to really think through like you know why are you pushing this down this road right. and so it fell into place um, with some hard work sure but it fell into place okay yeah. I got kind of a, a two-part question here okay what, what was it like going back here. to school uh, after owning a business and you know not being 20 um, was that very different or was it what do you mean not being 20 well I don't know I mean like like when I first went to college I was yes. in my 30s Right. And everyone else is way younger than me. And it was right. way different than right. know, when I was in high school and everyone was peers, you know, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What was the experience like for you? I mean, was um, it fine? Normal? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was tough. Um, it was night school, so I could still okay. run the shop and still um, work. Sure. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a challenge, you know, mm -hmm. going back to school. Figuring how to study again. Sure. Didn't yeah. you find like discipline, like having the discipline yeah. to study and to make room right. for you can, study? Can change your your uh, your rhythm a little bit, yeah. Yes, yep. it did. It certainly it certainly did. But you're right to be uh, an an adult, aging adult, going back to school, yeah. uh, going back to school with kids, young adults, should mm -hmm. I say, with sure. young adults. Yeah. Was it was it felt strange first of all. You felt like I don't know if you felt this way, but you felt a little out of place. Like you, oh, you're like I don't know if I belong. Do I belong here? Do I wear my backpack as on one <laughs> shoulder, or is it two? Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, things have changed since I was in school last time. Yeah, know. things yeah. have you know things have changed a little bit, but you have to just break through that and understand that the spirit of educating yourself in a, in a whole different way mm -hmm. is important if you are going to honor the, um, the next phase of your life or the next season or the position that these, you know, this board of 12 mm -hmm. has, um, has put their faith in my ability to lead our organization in a in a way that um, I feel it, it's going, but to have that ability, that that nonprofit background, to mm -hmm. lead it as a nonprofit, yeah. and to really dig into you know what that means now is important. And so you know some days were really hard. Um, the traffic was really bad or you didn't understand the subject yeah. or you felt like you were in over your head you just have to dig in and figure out how to push through it and to honor the commitment that you've made to these folks that are looking at you to lead in an effective way 
and to honor yourself as well like you have to honor your own commitment and say you know this is what I wanted to do so I'm just gonna work all I need to do is just work a little bit harder yeah. I need to read a little bit more I need to do a little bit more research so I am absorbing this material and then I can turn it around and use it for good yeah so for sure okay. yeah uh, the, the second part of the question is yes. once you graduate school and uh, were, were acting in the role full-time yes. uh, for the Junction Association, was there anything you found uh, unexpected in that or kind of most surprising aspect of, of taking on that role? That is interesting. This is the most surprising thing. And as small business owners, we tend to be agile in the way that we run our business mm -hmm. we can if something happens like if, if all the power went out right now in this podcast mm -hmm. as the business owner you would know kind of what to do you'd use like okay we need to like check the electrical panel and we need to do this and we need to see if the lights are out and mm -hmm. you as a small business owner because there's no one else who's going to be able to figure that out you have to figure it out yourself. You have to be very mentally agile. You have to be quick on your feet mentally. You have to know what to do or who to call or how to solve things because there's nobody around you right. to tell you what to do. Yeah. And so with that, you create this, this um, you effectively like create this small business playbook in your head mm -hmm. that brings your business online very quickly. Like you figure, you figure it out real quick. You don't let it get you down because no one's going to solve it for you. Yeah. So I was able to bring those skill sets with me, the ability to pivot okay. as a small business owner. But what I found was when you're dealing with municipalities mm -hmm. or the city, and I love the city, don't, sure. don't get me wrong, like working with the city of Seattle has been sure. A, a joy, especially with the um, Office of Economic Development, mm -hmm. they like they fold you in and they surround you. And you give, sure. They give you resources that you would never, I never even knew existed as sure. a small business owner. But agile, they are not. Agile. <laughs> yeah. Aside, yeah. Um, it was a learning curve for me. Like if I say, okay, I'll give you an example. So. Um, there are first hometown holidays, which is where we light up Junction Plaza Park, which is our pocket park, yep. and we light up the tree, and all the lights are beautiful, and everything is gorgeous, and you're like super happy to see all of these twinkling lights, and you're just ready to give like a, a great event to our community. Well, um, I'm standing there looking at all the lights, all the trees are trimmed, and everything looks gorgeous. Randomly, the sprinklers turned on. In December, I'm like, huh, hmm. So people are going to show up in just a few hours, and um, the sprinklers are on. Don't know why. I was like, okay, so what are you going to do? So as a small business owner, you'd be like, oh, I've got the key to the sprinkler box. I'm just going to like, or I'm going to find the spigot thingy, sure. and I'm going to turn that bad boy off and turn those damn sprinklers off. Yep. Like something is going to happen, and I'm going to fix it, and I am not going to have these sprinklers on during hometown holidays. Well, I um, come to find out that the little box where the sprinkler little knob thingy is locked. Mm -hmm. It's like, hmm, okay. So I call Parks. I'm like, okay, who, who do I talk to at Parks? And like after seven or eight people, um, I finally get someone on the line. I'm like, hey, sprinklers are on. Where's the key for me to turn this off? I need the key to the lock so I can unlock this box and turn. Yeah, you don't get a key to the box. I'm like, hmm. Okay, well, someone needs to come from parks. They need to turn it off because I have people coming in now 45 minutes to enjoy hometown holidays and the sprinklers are on. Well, after much, many, many discussions, many, many phone calls, I finally had parks show up to unlock the lock, to open the box, to turn the knob, to turn the sprinklers off. Yeah. And so it's things like that where you are so accustomed to having, being agile, mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll just turn the, the, the sprinklers off. 
to have to go through those different layers of um, of people to get to the end result sure. was probably the biggest challenge. I could see that being frustrating. Yeah. That I have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To kind of get back into maybe like your life personally a little bit, did you grow up here in Seattle or what? Um, no, I didn't. I've been in Seattle for 17 years. Okay. I only knew that because I looked on my little LinkedIn profile earlier today. I was like, God, I've been here for 17 <laughs> years. How's that possible? And where did you hail from? Well, I actually, um, you maybe cannot pick this up in my accent, but I hailed from a country far, far away from here. So after um, five years of braces, if that gives you any kind of a hint, where do you think I grew up? Braces. We are known for the crooked teeth in this U country. UK? Yes! Okay. So I am actually a, um, a British citizen. Really? I'm still a British, yeah, okay. I'm still a British citizen. Yeah. And um, I came to this country when I was 11 years old. Oh, I never would have Was processed okay. through New York. Um, through JFK, and I have been here since I was 11. Um, I actually went to high school in Chimicum, Chimicum Cowboys, yay, Chimicum Cowboys, <laughs> Chimicum Cowboys, and from that point forward, I kind of went back and forth between the two countries for a while, okay. kind of deciding where I wanted to um, permanently live. And so I ended up um, back in the United States, mm -hmm. and here I am. Okay. What, uh, what was the, was there like a specific defining moment that made you decide, okay, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna get my roots here in the US? Come back. Um, well, <laughs> let's see here. What was the defining moment? My uh, mom and dad are here. And they, my dad retired from the, my mother is a British citizen, now naturalized, but my father is an American. Mm -hmm. And he retired from the American Navy and they had a child and settled here. And the Pacific Northwest is um, a lot like England. Okay. So in climate and in culture. So I decided that this was the place to um, just kind of like settle in. Okay. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. Stayed here. As you've continued in your role as the executive director, mm -hmm. um, have you discovered like you know, a greatest strength of yours, or uh, or something that really helps with the success of of your role? Mm. Well, again, just like you, I have brought with me my sense of um, community. I feel there is a awful lot of power in working together and so one thing that I wanted to accomplish just like you know with with everybody each person has their thing their flavor I guess mm -hmm. that they put over their um, you know their position is um, what I found was the fact that our neighborhood groups we were working independently of each other. Mm. To use a corporate word, we were siloing. Mm. And um, I'm not down with the silo. Sure. I'm not down with the, like the, that, that way of um, being in an amazing place like West Seattle. Yeah. Get down with the collaboration. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, get all in. Like get all in and roll your sleeves up and just get crazy yep. with collaboration. In fact, one of the things that I first worked on was our um, dear CEO, Lynn Dennis, who mm -hmm. is now a great friend of mine. And I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, who should I start with? Because I'm going to break these walls down because this is crazy pants. Yeah. So I called Lynn Dennis and um, we had coffee together. And now we are great friends and we work together on a number of um, initiatives. Mm -hmm. And including a grant that we wrote. I talked her into um, this grant that we did last year. And so that was a lot of fun. And from there, we did the reuse, recycle. And she, now she works with me on Summerfest. She has nice. the blue shirt yep. and Harvest Fest. And I go, because I am a giver and I sacrifice 
I go to the after hours with the chamber. Mm, yes, that's that's definitely the hardest of the events to it's tough to get down with. Yes, it's a tough one, yep. but um, I do it for my community. Right, I do and it for you, West Seattle Junction. Yeah, and um, the drinks. I do, and the drinks. Um, and you had a great one here. It was, it was fun. I tried to step it up a notch, you know. We substituted did. the beer for cocktails, so that yeah. seemed to be a hit. And you did a cocktail. What was the cocktail you did? Uh, I did. Uh, I think I did Old Fashions and Manhattans, which are kind of my go-to classic. But what I found with the Junction is we were all merchant community forward. And the Chamber is like com- like business to business forward. Sure. And so when Lynn and I, like Wonder Powers, mm-hmm. activated, right? Yeah. So when we activated, Lynn and I, we discovered that we could do both effectively as independent neighborhood um groups sure so that's what we did okay no i I like that distinction i didn't really think about that i mean you think about the the role of you know a chamber versus me the junction association Mm -hmm. yeah geared towards the community versus b2b yeah it's different yeah she could be right mutually beneficial for sure and she does things that i couldn't even imagine and um, i do the big events and then invite lynn and the blue shirts to hang out with me And they like they go around Summerfest and they put the take pictures. They do the pictures and they do the signs for chamber members. So it certainly helps you be at Summerfest as a chamber member because sure. people are looking at those signs like, oh man, they're like part of the chamber. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty awesome. And then I do other things. I'm on the um, the board of directors for the the senior center. Mm-hmm. I believe in what the senior center is accomplishing with folks, not only who are aging, but people in general, yeah. their sense of community. I really like how they have lined with, you know, what they can give to our community. And then I'm also on the um, Southwest District Council, which I hope Mayor Durkin will bring back. I know those were dissolved. Um, in the previous administration, and I believe strongly in what neighborhoods can do together. Yeah. So I hope those are re-sanctioned and reformed. So we've kept ours going, Southwest District Council, so we meet. Nice. And then I'm also part of Juno, which is the Junction Neighborhood Organization. And those are the folks that are really making a difference with um, MHA and HALA. So okay. they do a lot of um, outreach with policy. Okay. Which, you know, I um, I just don't have the capacity to do. But I'm part sure. of Juno, and I weigh in as the Junction Association when needed. Okay. And then we're part of the discussion with um, ST3, that teeny, tiny little <laughs> train yeah. that's going to come over here before we know it. Yeah, okay. So, there you have it. That's good stuff. I uh, didn't realize you were involved in so many things. I wasn't even aware of, uh, of, of Juno. I've just more recently become... Uh, more acquainted with with Hala and you know that that sort of as, that that aspect of you know the real estate community development stuff. Yes. So it's it's a pretty interesting world. That's important, I think, for yep. um, realtors to really pay attention to because that density is going okay. to change. Yep. Um, you know, an awful really, lot. Right. You don't realize how big of a mm-hmm. a difference for good or bad. You know the zoning and Hala and you know kind of all mm-hmm. those policies can can have on uh, affordable housing and density and all that yeah yes um, one one thing that i really appreciate about you and maybe it's because i resonate with this you're mm-hmm. definitely a connector you know you, mm-hmm. you see a need or someone that can you know use a certain service or you know benefit from knowing someone else and you like don't hesitate to, to reach out connect those people and mm-hmm. uh, I, I love that i kind of I kind of like to do the same thing you know it's important it's important when you so when you started uh c-town is that did you evolve into that, or did you make a, that was a realized goal of yours? Like, this is, I'm going to start this real estate firm, and this is going to be one of the foundational goals of my business. Um, when I got into real estate, I had no intention to start my own firm, but a couple years mm-hmm. into it, I kind of realized if I want to be able to, like, affect the impact I want to in the industry and for my clients and... You know, kind of do the outside the box thinking uh, and stuff that I was gonna have to do my own thing. So, so it was only really a year before I started the brokerage that I had the plan and uh, and whatnot. And so, but community involvement, philanthropy, you know, doing exceptional service, like just kind of doing everything, hopefully better than 
the majority of what I see out there was, was kind of the goal. So obviously there's a lot of paths that can take and figuring things out only, you know, a year and whatever into it. So. And are you glad? I mean, when you look, it's been hard, right? Yeah, it's been hard, but I, but I love it. I mean, yeah. I'd much rather come in here and like be able to affect my destiny and you know help my agents than go into an office and just you know right. kind of nug away at something. So. And do you work with people who are brand new to? Now, see, I'm turning this around. Now. I know what is this? I know it's exciting. <laughs> well, because I want to know because I'm I'm really interested. So. Sure. Do you take people who are fresh out of real estate school and you're like, oh my gosh, I could, I could really help this person create this amazing life and help them help other people find homes that are going to be life changers? Yeah, that, that's what I prefer. It's mm -hmm. obviously the harder route. Well, in, in some regards, the harder route because, you know, you got to teach them everything. Right. But then you're not having to like unteach them maybe bad habits or lazy habits they might mm -hmm. have picked up along the way. Uh, yep. But I really enjoy that. And the majority of brand new agents that have come here have been because they, they see what we're doing with the philanthropy and giving back and doing things different and mm -hmm. it really resonates with them. Yep. And that's, that was really the goal in the first place was like, you know, how do I position myself and you'll know, lead with the, the why and the values so that people are drawn to me both agents and clients as opposed to typical sales where I'm pursuing and, and you know chasing people right um, it's more organic this way right so that's a lot harder it takes a lot more strategy <laughs> it takes a lot longer but it does it's take well worth it huh? how about you <laughs> can I get back on you uh, yeah I mean it sounds like you know what you're doing you know you kind of discovered that you know, relatively early on, you went back to school for that to better equip you, and then yep. you stepped into that role, you know, full force. Um, I mean, would you say that that those values have changed, or just kind of the implementation of them? Um, no, I think you. I I took a big part of myself with um, with Hotwire when I when I um, left, and I have to say that I am grateful that I was the transition was smoother for me to know that I, number one, was leaving Hotwire in good hands, yeah. in good community hands, but number two, I was stepping into a role where I could do different good. Like I could still do good, but it was gonna look a little bit different. Sure. But what I found with my values is they remained steadfast, and what I did is I just applied my, like what, who I already was in a different, um, in a different way. Um, one of the first things that I did was create a formalized volunteer program. Okay. So again, it goes back to those values. Like I believe in gathering people together, gathering for a common cause. And yep. if you give them the tools, to be successful and to succeed, a lot more like with your realtors and how I ran the coffee shop with my with my staff. Yeah. If you give them those tools to succeed and you give them the ability to achieve, they will. Yeah. And they will achieve like you couldn't even imagine. And so what I did with our volunteer program, because I'm a I'm I'm the only paid employee. Okay. So I'm the only person there. So I knew that I had to surround myself with people who were extremely talented to begin with and also surround the, myself in the junction with a team of people who believed in what we were accomplishing as merchants. Mm -hmm. And so I formalized a volunteer program and from the very moment those, like my very first group of volunteers came together, and I do quarterly volunteer orientations. You can choose to be, you can choose to come to the office and quarterly, you know, come hang out with me for 45 minutes and we'll talk about what we can accomplish. Uh -huh. Or you can just hop onto our volunteer page and just sign up for, um, you can just sign up for the, um, like a, a, a um, a task, okay. you know, part of like the programming. Sure. But from the very second I formalized that, I was shocked at the, first of all, the number of people 
who were looking for a sense of community, especially for you, this is super interesting, new people who are renting apartments in the junction. Sure. And as an aside, I just figured this out, this out the other day, we have 21 apartment buildings within our BIA. Right, and more being built. Yeah, more and more being built. So imagine all of those people coming into West Seattle didn't really know how to dig into community. They see this opportunity to really give in their community and people were coming and signing up for the volunteer program in droves. And the number one, when I talked to people, I said, well, why did you sign up? Why, what do you want out of this? Because I want to make sure that I'm a steward of what they expect. Sure. Their number one was, well, we, we didn't know what else to do. We want a sense of community. We want a way to give our time to a, a nonprofit. So now what I do is I have folks that are volunteering with the Junction, but they also volunteer with the West Seattle Food Bank and West Side Baby and the Helpline and all of the ways people can really dig in and create like this amazing difference by just giving time yeah. just giving time that's all that's that, that's all you're asking sure it's just just give a few hours and the number of people that do that is um is really powerful so i took those values with me like sure. they, they're a part of you yeah you can't help it you can't help yourself but do that i love that that's that's great um kind of heading into the the final round here like call this kind of the lightning round just we'll do oh, some quick, quick questions quick answers okay um okay. what has, is the best advice you've ever received uh, that i've ever what received best advice i've ever received is to be mindful so often especially in this um the world that we live in now people will ask questions to not receive, but to respond. Sure, just wait for the other person to stop talking so they can talk. Exactly, but I'm talking right now. Right, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. I was just waiting to talk. I was, yeah. I was actually talking. <laughs> but now you talked, so. Anyway. I ruined it, I ruined it. Whatever. Good advice, I should heed it. Yeah, whatever, Christian. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> To be mindful and to be respectful of the words that people are saying at this particular time. It's often easy to want to fill in silences and also to ask a question to respond. But to be mindful and to be present at this particular moment and like right now in this room, in this podcast, for me to be mindful and respectful of the fact that you thought about who I would like to interview for my podcast. So for me, I am mindful and respectful of your time. And so I am gonna sit here and I am going to read the material that you sent me twice, that PDF, mm -hmm. and be respectful of what you are trying to achieve as a person, as a community connector, and as a fellow um, business owner. So my advice is to be mindful and to slow down and to be present in this particular moment right here. That makes me want to not to not rush on to the next question. I know, but we can. Okay. Um, what is a personal habit that contributes to your success? Um, personal habit, I would say, is I am organized. So, if you want to like be organized, but you're not sure where to start, I would recommend this. Um, online board it is free and it's amazing and it's called trello t-r-e-l-l-o i use it see so you use it and it takes all of the things that are inside your noodle and it puts it into a virtual 
post-it note, mm-hmm. like vision board. Yeah. And I use that a lot. And what I try to do is when something comes across my desk, whether it be a piece of paper or an email, I try to only touch it once and I look at it, I'm mindful of it, I process it, and I put it where it needs to go, and I don't touch it again until it needs to, you know, until it's due. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you listen to podcasts? Um, I do. What's your favorite? Yours. Oh, you don't have to oh, say that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I like The Good Life Project. Okay. And I like uh, Joan Geary. Good Life Project and Joan Geary are also um, nonprofit driven okay. as well. Do you have a favorite movie? I do. So, my favorite movie is Shaun of the Dead. Oh, so good. Right. So strange. So dry. Yep. The very British. Very British. Mm. Have a pint. Yep. Right? Go to the Winchester, have a pint, and yep. wait for everything to blow over, <clears throat> which is a good philosophy sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes doing nothing is sometimes the best thing. Yep. But... I like Shaun of the Dead. Okay. In fact, um, a little known factoid, um, a couple of years ago, I dressed up as Shaun from Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Um, not real blood. Um, red um, food dye, little name tag, red tie, <laughs> white shirt. That's hilarious. How, how did many people get it? Um, a lot of people got it. That's good. Yeah, people, it was the name tag. Sure. For some reason, it was the name tag that brought the whole outfit together. Yeah. So yeah, I was Shaun of the Dead. Love that. I love, mm-hmm. I love dry British humor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could re- recommend just one book to our listeners, what would it be? Oh, that's good. Um, I am I've just read actually. I'm reading his second book. Um, I'm reading Homo Sapiens. And um, I love the book because it is um, it's insightful and it's well written. And I like books that are um, that make you think. Like it really makes you think about how we evolved as tribes of Homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. And what I, one thing I learned from the book, I learned many things, but one thing I learned is one of the reasons that we kind of like took over the planet, and sometimes that's not a good thing, right? Is we were able to um, evolve and communicate with other tribes who were not like us. Like, so unlike um most animals Mm -hmm. they are like hey i know you you you're like my family or you're part of my tribe like i totally totally get you but like today um we are not related but we get along just great together and we do that because we've created a common bond outside of being um a family And so what humans did is they were able to create a tribe with strangers and find common threads. And so it's a really interesting book. So Homo sapiens, I would highly highly recommend it. As we are wrapping up, can you share one piece of parting guidance or words of wisdom with our listeners? Words of wisdom. Yes. Think deeply about things. Don't take information for face um, value and don't compromise your beliefs. Don't compromise your values. Stand up for what you believe in and you will be uncomfortable and it will be scary, um, but do it because you will grow through being uncomfortable and being afraid and you should have the ability to look back on your life and go 
man, that scared the heck out of me. But I did it. And for you to do that, I think it's the best thing you can give to yourself and your family and your community that's around you. That's good. I like it. Mm. Um, if our listeners want to find out more about the, uh, the uh, Junction Association um, or connect with, with you, uh, mm -hmm. what's the best way to do that? You can go to our website and the main website for the Junction Association is wsjunction, like West Seattle, junction.org. For the Art Walk, you can go to um, westseattleartwalk.org. The movies is, I think it's wsmovies.org or westseattlemovies.org. I can't remember off the top of my noodle. Okay, I'll find it. I'll put find the show it. And then our new West Seattle Resource Roundup, where you can find other neighborhood groups and all of our nonprofits listed, and a link to our report that we conducted last year is wsresourceroundup.org. Com. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yes. Roundup.com. Yes. All right. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for your time, Laura. Thank this you. has been great. So much fun. Um, I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, make sure to go check out those resources. Um, if you want a sense of community, feel free to volunteer. Uh, mm -hmm. West Seattle has so many great different you know, nonprofits in the area. Um, as you're saying in your book, you know, Homo Sapien, we uh, can band together around something other than just family and uh, make our own make our own tribes. Make your own tribes. I yep. like that. Yep. yep. Well, thank you, Laura. All right. Thank you very much. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they are doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here, or has a great story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A-town.com. I would also love it if you would go to iTunes and give us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content, and getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well on iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage is breaking the mold and making a difference in our Seattle communities, and other projects I'm working on by visiting seatown.com, S-E-A-town.com. Thanks for listening. The music for our podcast is courtesy of The Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. You can also listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at seatownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media production.